0: Thank you very much. (laughs) That is what you get when you have an audience all the way from Knoxville, Tennessee. Welcome, Knoxville, Tennessee. (laughs) Father Mitch Packer, welcome to EWTN Live, where we usually bring you guests from all over the world, but tonight we're going to stay with a guest from right here in Sweet Home, Alabama we will learn today about the Edmundite Southern Missions, which has been ministering the corporal works of mercy to an area of the Deep South, especially here in Alabama, that is known as the Black Belt. It has some of the poorest communities in the country, and they've been doing it for almost 85 years. To tell us more about it, please welcome the President and CEO Oh, the Edmundite missions, Mr. Chad McEachran. Chad, Thank you, welcome. Thank you, Tom. Good to have you. Here. Thank you. Appreciate good it. Good to have you. You know, this area of Alabama called the Black Belt it has that name because it has the finest black, deep soil in the state. It's really good, good-growing yeah. land, but you wouldn't know it from the, the economy. Mm. It's it's pretty rough down there economically, isn't it? It certainly is. Yes, it's very
1: it's very rough. Uh, in the city of Salmo, where the missions are, are headquartered, uh, we have a, a poverty rate of over 30 percent. Yeah, and it's uh, low, you know, very hard employment opportunities, and and upward mobility is
0: is is difficult. Almost no. I mean, there's almost 75% unemployment, isn't it?
1: For uh, a certain age group of young men, yes.
0: Yes. Yes. And this this is a a, a terrible challenge. Terrible challenge. Um, Especially when what had been the main source of income in that area is left fallow the, the the fields are just left fallow no, nothing's growing there anymore in
1: so many ways you're right uh, and that's one of the things uh, in the missions that we're trying to work on aggressively uh, with the agriculture mm-hmm. uh, and what we've started it called uh, the black farmers initiative and that is really working to help capitalize uh, black farmers in rural Alabama uh, to help and set them up uh, with what they need to begin the prop or the crop and growing season earlier uh, to give them what tools uh, even the seeds uh, to be able to purchase the seeds Mm -hmm. ahead of time Uh, and and we the missions uh, in our nutrition center in selma serve 1300 meals a day Uh, and at that center what we're trying to do now is we're guaranteeing procurement from these black farmers to help you know stimulate the economic impact in these very uh, rural impoverished areas um, by By purchasing from those exact farmers that we're helping uh, Mm -hmm. to to take a a, a stand,
0: uh, move forward. Yep, Uh, because this, you know, the way out of poverty is never going to be dependence on state help or federal help. No. It has to be folks coming up with their own ways of making an income and moving forward
1: yes and you know what's really interesting uh, in the missions we have a slogan service to solutions Uh, and while we are trying some very innovative ways like the black farmers initiative uh, and our academy program uh, which is funded through the conrad hilton foundation Mm -hmm. the sisters initiative Mm -hmm. um, where we call it catholic school without walls Uh, and what we're trying to do uh, through this this particular program is help our young students uh, succeed and passing and getting very high scores on their ACTs, mm-hmm. uh, but it's also experiential, where we take them to uh, may- maybe Knoxville, Tennessee, one day to visit a college up there, yeah. uh, or New Orleans, or yeah. many other places, so that they get us an experience. But what, what's different about our programming uh, that we do is we want to engage the entire family, and so all of our programs are are trying to engage the family as a whole, whether it's a kindergarten or or a a 12th grader, uh, and really trying to help folks um, understand the path forward, that's not always easy to discover uh, when you're poor. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so helping and partnering, not telling folks what to do, but partnering alongside, collaborating, uh, and that we're in this together, uh, that this is a journey of the missions and those that we are called to serve.
0: Well, one of the added problems that you have in the Selma area is weather related. Yes. Uh, Tell us about the most recent problem that you had. The
1: most recent, uh, uh, maybe some have heard, but we had an EF2 tornado uh, come through Selma uh, Mm -hmm. and devastated what was already a tough spot, uh, a a crisis area in terms of housing uh, where we have 800 uh... vouchers that can't be used in the city because there's not affordable housing or there are no uh, vacancies if you will uh... and what we're trying what's happened now is it it wiped out four hundred homes completely so it really exacerbated an already housing crisis to the next level
0: Yeah, one of the people from there put it well that the tornado didn't really cause the no. trouble it exposed how bad the housing was the, the yes. housing was already pretty uh poor quality very very nothing's being fixed up right no
1: a lot of absentee landlords in selma mm-hmm. uh, where they will be charging rent of a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars but you are living in a shack uh, and yeah. now that they have been uh, destroyed by the tornado I guarantee most of these absentee landlords will not be rebuilding, Uh, and if they were to rebuild, they certainly wouldn't be charging 100 or $200 a month in rent. It would be well beyond the capacity of those folks to to pay what what would be needed to recoup the cost of rebuilding.
0: Yeah, and you were telling me earlier today, even the cleanup is a problem. Even the cleanup. Uh, you know, from the federal government, the emergency Mm -hmm. uh, administration, um, they don't pick up the rubble because the city doesn't have the money to pay them to pick it up. Right, right. So it it just, it's one disaster on top of
1: another. Uh, And so what happened was uh, needing to get the requisite amount of capital to put down to help uh, pay for the removal was not available. Uh, we were not able to secure it. And so the government now uh, is trying, I, I believe they're still going to try to figure out how to do this, but it's all uh, roads that are owned by the city and not the state and not federal. Uh, and so it becomes now the city's responsibility. But the cost of that is between 15 and 20 million, which is the budget of the entire city.
0: So wait, it's wait, a conundrum. Be, you mean because the roads belong to the city? Yes. And not to the state or the feds? Correct. That they can't go and pick up the trash? Right. Are these people idiots? <laughs> well, that's for you to decide. <laughs> mm, I might already it's very have difficult. A clue. It's
1: very difficult. I mean, in that yeah. but and you're dealing, like I said, in a in a place that is, <laughs> you know, uh, it's just a very the infrastructure was already poor and now it's just becoming more and more difficult for for the folks in
0: the, that are in the city. How can these problems be possibly resolved if they won't pick up trash because they don't own the road? Oh, uh, they own the truck, right? what does it matter? Well, it's, yeah. what, what, how do you solve these kind of things?
1: You know, uh, those are questions that um, really are government questions to, to try to answer. Um, I, running the missions, uh, don't have a dump truck or a cherry picker to go do it, otherwise I would. Yeah. Um, and and it, it's just very, um, it's very sad to see this happening over and over again because it's on the backs of the poor. It's consistently on the backs yeah. of the poor. Yeah,
0: yeah, I I came across a similar situation in Dulac, Louisiana, when Hurricane Ida hit, that the federal government told, it's, all, it's, it's a town of Native Americans. Mm-hmm. They've been there for hundreds of years. You know, at least last 400 years since the uh, f- folks from French Canada came, and uh, the Cajun folks, and they've been down there, and the government said, we'll help you if you give us your land and let us move someplace else, but we won't help you if you stay on your own land. It's stuff like that that just doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, I am with you on that. Uh, (laughs) And and the missions in our work uh, in the last 85 years has been to try to solve some of these systemic problems um, within you know the communities in which we serve, but there are no easy answers when it becomes politics and political and you know just vast amounts of money uh, to clean up that is the uh, equivalent of the total operating operating budget of a city uh, yeah. it's you know. Yeah. it's almost unfathomable how you get how you do how do you get out of this yeah. And we're, de- we're dealing with that with our folks who we've been putting up in hotels uh, as temporary shelter where do they go next you yeah. know what's the plan uh and trying to devise that uh solution for them uh is not easy and you know fortunately we are working with some FEMA folks uh at our community center uh and trying to help navigate and get folks uh into homes. Um, the disappointing thing is some of them will be uh will have to be re- relocate um you know to areas that are within a sixty mile radius uh some in some in
0: some cases. So well th- one of the problems that, again, we talked with some local folks uh, earlier today, that the government regulations are very complicated. I, I think on the the positive side, the government is trying to avoid fraud. Mm-hmm. That, that's what they're, they're trying to protect mm-hmm. against fraud. I understand that. But... They make the regulations so complicated. A lot of the residents don't understand how to go through which office you go to right. to fill out which form for this, another form for this, for that, another yeah. form for water. Uh, and 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 it gets frustrating and very confusing, even to the government people. I'm not it, correct. It, oh yeah,
1: it, it's it's you know our Catholic Social Ministries has been on. Uh, high alert uh, working with uh, our folks to try to really help them understand what's happening and how do you go back? One of the first things that happens for most everybody who applies is they get a denial letter and so (laughs) folks believe they've been denied but they're not necessarily denied but there is an issue with not putting the right street address or you you forgot your zip code or some clerical error if you will uh, and so folks are now coming to us saying, I've been denied. And so we as a, as a team have to come together and try to explain and get them you know, re-engaged with FEMA and, and get the process you know, working again for them so that they, are, they get what can be uh, reasonably given to them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We have a little clip we'd like to okay. show about what the crisis in the Black Belt of Alabama looks like. So let's take okay. a look at that clip. Sure.
2: Welcome to a place where the American dream is still just a dream. Welcome to the poverty crisis in the Deep South. A vicious, soul-consuming burden that has passed down from generation to generation. A repetitive daily struggle to provide the simplest and basic necessities for sustaining life. Where a family in poverty earns an average of $11,000 a year. Therefore, they consistently have to choose whether to pay the power bill or buy groceries, whether to seek medical help or feed their family. This is what defines rural poverty in the Deep South. Where public transportation doesn't exist, Jobs are scarce, consistent health care is difficult to obtain, and chronic diseases are double the national average. The high school dropout rate is above 60%, and the unemployment rate is staggering. This poverty creates a sense of hopelessness in the individual that breeds acceptance where there is no belief that an alternative future is viable. Among the poorest population of the Deep South, existence means merely surviving, with no means to build a brighter future.
0: Of course, Selma is very, very well known from the Civil Rights Movement because it was the place from which a very important march began to go to Montgomery, our state capital, to get the rights to vote. And uh, th- th- This was another era, and it was horrendous that folks who could be drafted in the military put their lives on the line, many of them dying and getting injured, but they couldn't vote. And they, they worked hard and suffered a lot to get that right. But that didn't change the poverty in the area. It didn't bring no. industry, and it didn't bring back the farming. And a disaster like this tornado, and that's, you know, the south is beautiful. Mm-hmm. But you get <laughs> a lot of clash between northern weather and the gulf uh, weather. And that just causes tornadoes. It does. So this is uh, a difficult thing for
1: especially the poor. Especially the poor. And, you know, I have to uh, really commend the folks that work in the missions because the day that the tornado came through, uh, it came through uh, during our lunch service, and uh, we had to close, obviously, uh, while it came through. And we were open three hours later serving again. Uh, and they didn't they didn't stop no one stopped um, uh, so our Bosco Center the nutrition center was and never stopped serving meals throughout the entire time we didn't have electricity uh, and uh, you know folks were pulling together flashlights <laughs> car lights pulled up to the front to make sure that you know everybody was being taken care of yeah and uh, but it's it's dev- it's still devastating
0: and one of the, the things that I think are, is very important there, uh, the Edmundite priests mm-hmm. had come there back in 1937, correct? That's correct. Uh, that was uh, Father Casey? Yes. In Paro. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. And so they came there, and it's not a very Catholic area, is it?
1: <laughs> no. Uh, no, not at all. In fact uh... through our ministry we serve very few if any catholics uh, on a regular basis uh... and so we are there uh... of service to the church um... we are the the catholic presence in a part that you know where many catholics or uh, would be frowned or looked down upon uh... where you know we we actually are the bright hope for for that area
0: uh, well and is there a catholic parish in town
1: yes queen of
0: peace and so um, this is, uh, you know, something that has happened is that one of the most trusted institutions in town is the Edmundite missions, correct? That's correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They, uh, one of the, I know it, it I don't think you like boasting about it, but, you know, f- sometimes there are uh, folks in an area that, sometimes look out for themselves more than <laughs> their neighbor. and the, But the Edmundite mission has a really strong, solid reputation yes. for not doing that. No. that. They are there to serve people who don't give them anything back, don't want no. anything back. What do we do to help? Yes. And that's, that's a yes. key attitude.
1: Yeah, all of our services are, are um, offered for free. Um, we do intake for anything that we might give out in terms of utility assistance or those monetary uh, funds. Folks are vetted through that to make sure that you know it's going to the right people right. Uh, and to the right bill and, and all of that. But all of our other services are are offered uh, free of charge to to anyone who comes, mm-hmm. uh, funded by all of our wonderful donors throughout the United States.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So th- that's that's been a positive thing. But the the goal is also to help folks to yes get themselves established
1: yeah you know um when father casey and peril went down there their whole purpose was to evangelize and what they learned right away was there was no lack of faith um yeah, but that's right. folks were starving in the streets and so from the day that they arrived uh, they started handing out sandwiches from the back door of the mission house and so that ministry has just grown and grown um, and As a mission, uh, what we've tried to do is we will never walk away from the corporal works of mercy. And as you rightly said, if we do, the Lord will walk away from us. And we'd never want that to happen. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't stop us from being creative in working our service to solutions model uh, to really empower the folks in a new way um, that is transformative not only for them but for the missions itself uh, and how we deliver services. Um, you know, when a lot, of, a lot of people say, you know, teach a man to fish, uh, that's fine as long as there are fish in the pond. And so we've got to teach folks yeah. you know, and partner with them and not tell them what to do, but figure out how do we do this together as a faith community, as people, as humans, uh, and, and make this journey together where we might be providing a service, but what is the end game here? Yes. And so through that, through our educational programs, through working with families, our, um, you know, uh, the academy, our youth center, our community center, all of these things, are towards one goal and that is providing a service but articulating what does the solution look like in the end for this individual. So whether it's workforce development, apprenticeship programs within the missions, um, a whole host of, of, of activities like that that can train, build confidence, work on soft skills, give actual hard skills too. Um and get folks and, and it's a give and take on both sides. Mm-hmm. Uh and the one thing that is of, of great gift, and you said we talked earlier about trust, is that the folks that we serve own the missions. The missions is their home. Mm-hmm. Uh and a funny story I can tell you is one day we had our juice machines up and um the uh we had decided that the um we were gonna just serve water at lunch because of the um the juice machine fillers hadn't come in. And so this one man, homeless guy, came up and he said, Mr. Chad, are we broke? And I said, what do you mean, are we broke? And he said, are we broke? I said, Patrick, no, we're not broke. What do you mean? He's like, there's only water coming out of the machine, no juice. But what I thought was best was he said, are we broke? Yes, yes. Are we broke?
0: Yeah, because he identified
1: that as his. As right. ours, as right. his home, as his place of, of refuge, and that's always stuck with me, and has been a guiding force uh, for all of the you know the work that I do. Um, it's it's humbling to be of service in this way, uh, 365 days a year, uh, and and all of the folks that that we serve are so grateful. A lot of folks say, you know, uh, well, it's just another charity. They're just giving it out. It's not like that in the missions, and it's not like that with the folks that we serve. They're so thankful and appreciative, uh, and no matter how low you might think that they are, they will tell you they are blessed. Yeah. They will tell you they're blessed, and they'll always say, now make sure you go see Mrs. Jones, or Mr. Jones, because I know they need something
0: more than I do. I've come across that in working with the poor in lots of places in the world, This uh, I'll never forget a woman I met when I was working at missions down in Peru, in Lima, Peru, and the uh, this lady said, "Father, I made thirty-two dollars this week. I'm going to give half of it to the poor. I mean, this month was it was, that, it was that her monthly income was thirty-two dollars, and she she felt rich, and she's going to give half of her riches to the poor." Mm and where i come from she was pretty poor herself yeah. but there's that sense of folks appreciating that they know their other folks worse off worse off yeah it's a great gift yeah it is
1: and to have that that appreciation uh, you know you're doing the right thing yeah
0: and it, it it recommits
1: your it makes me recommit
0: myself each day and but it, it's also a goal not to keep doing these services, but eventually to make them unnecessary. Uh, one, yeah. one of the issues, certainly in our country today, is the need to build up family life. Because the, the family has to be the, the, the basic unit of helping mm-hmm. the members in need from birth that's forward. Right. That's right. And, and that's,
1: that's what our programming is attempting to do. Uh, and that's, and that's a that's a change um, because it's it's a little different than just the corporal works of mercy, yeah. but it is you know finding dignity of work, dignity of childcare, a dignified workplace, finding those uh, training, uh, you know that folks are set up for success and not failure, and if they do fail, that they can come back and talk to us, maybe get a, re- a little course correction. And how do we, you know, and help them relaunch back into whatever the whatever you know space they may be headed? Um, but we want to be that that family member that helps build up. Um, we had a, a family night about uh, uh, in November, and we had over a hundred families come. Nice. Families. We have a dance class with these young girls, uh, and they do praise dance, they do tap, they do ballet, things that they would have never done before. And at the end of the six week cycle of that dance class, um, they have have a recital. The dads and the brothers and the uncles and the mothers that come, they fill the seating in our our, uh, community center and they have flowers. And they bring them to the girls at the end. The girls think that they're on, on Carnegie, you know, at Carnegie Hall performing.
0: Yeah. It's,
1: it's just so beautiful. But it's the
0: most important people in their lives yes. that are applauding yes. for them.
1: Yes. And so, you know, when you start to create that kind of a community, you can actually change things. Yeah. And when folks start talking about what's happening and where, you're, where is it happening and what's going on, you can really change the narrative of a family. Uh, of, a, of a youth, of somebody who thought that there was no hope, that there is hope and that there is support and that there is a way, mm-hmm. and I don't want to say out, but a way to towards something.
0: Yes.
1: Uh, because, you know, it, 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 the, it, it, they don't necessarily need to leave Selma, but it would be great if they were able to get an
0: associate's degree at our community college. And you know, Selma itself has... A lot of very possibly beautiful old buildings yes. that could be very much thriving, but it there's just no industry, mm-hmm. and again the agriculture is often neglected. Um, you know, the, it, it's the land is fallow, mm-hmm. and you know, and that's one of its best resources. Uh, I I would hope they would never build huge housing tracks (laughs) over that land. It's just such fine, fine, rich soil. But it has to be a a way of figuring out how do we get to that point of making ourselves economically Mm -hmm. independent.
1: Yeah, and that's when I was mentioning a little bit earlier about our Black Farmers Initiative. Uh, One of the things in providing that capital and being a purchaser of the produce that they're going to grow, uh, and that we commit to doing that. One farmer that we've worked with as sort of a beta test to see, you know, wh- work out the kinks, if you will, before we expanded. Uh, and we that those funds came from the um, Raskob uh, Foundation for Catholic activities mm-hmm. um, to help us create some economics uh, progress. And this one farmer, through us procuring and building a place where when he harvested it on Thursday and we opened up our, our market on Monday, we had a cooling room so his greens didn't go bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we were then able to distribute fresh fruits and vegetables as opposed to cans. Uh, we, had one man, yeah. we had one man come back and say, can I bring you the 75 cans of canned potatoes? Because he said, I'll never eat them. But he wanted fresh potatoes. Yeah. And healthy nutrition. But back to the farmer, uh, he was able to hire two helpers. To help harvest what was being purchased. And so the economic multiplier of, you know, giving a a grant to help buy the seeds and and build this uh, room where we have the cooling uh, facility. It it gave two more people a job.
0: And it's not just those two people, it's, not. it's their families. It's the
1: families. It's, there's they a ripple effect to everything. Exactly. And exactly. we have a commitment from them that they're giving fair wages, so it's not, you know, $2.50 to, you know, work all day. It's, you know, a fair wage, a good wage, um, and that's part of the commitment of, of what, you know, we're trying to make sure that they understand their value. You know, that just because you can get somebody for seven twenty-five doesn't mean that's what you should pay them. What is the value to you and the dignity of this? You know, there's dignity in having a good-paying job, and so we're trying to create those things uh, in a small way right now. But we hope that it will expand and become a model uh, that could be replicated in other rural communities.
0: Well, it's, it's just like uh, in the, the, this town I was talking about before, Dulac. It. The, the government wouldn't do stuff. They just wouldn't do it mm-hmm. unless they did it their way. And that meant moving the Indians off their land. And Indians fell for that in other places. They're not going to do it again. Yeah. And so um, the, the, those, that tribe is going to stay put. But it was the church working with uh, the Catholic parish working with Mennonites, mm-hmm who came and volunteered, and and these folks getting things done. This is where it seems to be a very important part of our future that we do take seriously whatever you do to the least of my brethren you do to me. Yes. And we're doing this to Jesus, (laughs) uh, or we're neglecting to do it. That's right. And this is one thing you have to do. We'd like you to learn more about the Edmundite missions. You can do that by going to EdmunditeMissions.org. Org. Edmundite missions.org. And also, when it comes to the tornado relief, it's Edmundite slash tornado relief. They might even appreciate some volunteers who know what they're doing and <laughs> maybe could even drive a truck on, la- on roads that ain't theirs. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a little break. We'll be back in a couple of minutes with your questions and comments, so please stay with us. Thank you. Welcome back. You ready for some questions? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's start off with Mike in the great city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Mike, what can we do for you today?
3: Uh, good evening, Father Mitch and Mr. McEachern. Um Thank you for taking the question. Sure. Um, I, my uh, question is uh, somewhat historically based. The Society of the Edmonites has its origin, as I understand, in France, where they experienced uh, anti-clericalism um, to which compelled them to uh, come to the U.S. Uh, does this anti-clericalism experience help them in working in the U.S. South, which historically was hostile to Catholics or Catholicism? Mm-hmm. If so, is it against Catholic doctrine? one infallibility scandals, uh, and considering you're four percent of the uh, of the population there, Catholicism or Catholics, I should say. And lastly, uh, do you still incorporate the principles of St. John Bosco uh, when you try to reach challenged youth uh, there in the South, particularly in Alabama? Um, so that's my question. <laughs>
0: Thank you. That's not eight questions, but a lot of very good questions. So first of all, yes, about the uh, you know the French anti-clericalism, yes. came from the uh, secular mentality and the liberal philosophy of the eighteenth uh, century and into the nineteenth. Has that been a problem in the South?
1: Well, I will say from the writings of Father Casey and Pert back in nineteen thirty seven, there was a great uh, mystery surrounding why they would be there. Um, but they quickly became uh, part of the fabric of Selma uh, and partnering with the community. And to this day, uh, we were talking earlier in the show about the, um, the trust factor. Anywhere in Selma or surrounding towns, um, everybody will say the Catholics, uh, the fathers, the missions, with great respect, um, Mm -hmm. because again, it has not been an organization or individuals that have come in to try to dominate, but rather uh, partner with the Mm -hmm. community. And so that sense of of, uh, a Catholic uh, anti-clericalism just is is not uh, something that folks have spoken about uh, or that I think uh, has been felt. Maybe in the earlier years again that that question of what are Catholics doing here that uh, sense of of wonder uh, but you know it's the missions has become s- so rooted and never never left in eighty five years regardless of what the situation and has stood by with every um, you know with every generation that that has been uh, called uh, to to be ministered to by the missions so uh, i don't I don't think so
0: i I also suspect that, you know, uh, one of the things our canon law prohibits is clergy getting directly involved in political uh, office, mm-hmm. that we don't run for office, right. and things like that. Right, And we, we, we're not, uh, my impression is that the Edmundites we're not trying to become the kings of Selma no. or something. No. That's not...
1: No, it's, it's all been a ministry of service and, yeah. uh, and really raising folks up and being a support network and system for those uh, that, that needed it. Um, you know, and one of the, the best things about the missions is that from its earliest days, the Edmundites have called lay folks into ministry with them. And so there's been an understanding throughout the community and the service of the missions by its by its employees, mm-hmm. and so folks clearly understand that the Catholic Church um, is there as a trusted, protective agent, uh, and not not a not a one that's that's trying to hurt or tear down or destroy anyone. And so really? I think that 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 trust factor is you just really can't uh, you can't uh, lean on that enough as to why folks uh, really do, um, you know, trust what we do, value what we do, and partner with us uh, on, on everything that we do.
0: And my other impression is that it's also not what some people feared, a, a paternalistic, oh, you just stay back, we'll just do this Offer No, no. it's it's partnership. empowering people yes. to do stuff for themselves, Yes. you know, in, in a fairly confusing way world, you know, negotiating through yeah. <laughs> complicated government forms. Right, right. You know, this is you know, just empowering them to do that rather than, oh, you just sit back and we'll do it for you. That, that's
2: not
1: you have to be a collaborator and, exactly. and you invite people in and let people understand what you're about. Then it takes away the the cynicism of what are they try, what are they trying to get. Um, right. And when they realize nothing except to be of service to, you know, to proclaim the gospel and our word and deed, uh, and to be there uh, and, and that we're not walking away. That was the other thing uh, yeah. that I think is, we've been a steady influence, a steady rock through all the ages uh, since 1937. And I think mm-hmm. that, that that says a lot where nonprofits come and go um, and, and things shift and change. Uh, we've been there and we continue to grow That's the other thing Uh, we uh, you know we're expanding we're looking at ourselves in a new way we're asking the community to look at themselves in a new way Uh, you know more outward facing as opposed to you know inward facing more Mm -hmm. uh, about the community rather than just the individual Mm -hmm. you know so I think all of those things people start to get excited about and realize that again we're we're in this together. Mm
0: Yeah, yeah, and and a lot of you live right there, so yes, it's yes, not yes. something you come from on high. You, yes, this is right our, this is this our is home. home. Yeah,
1: but yeah. I'm, I'm impressed that Mike from Pennsylvania had uh, so much information on the Edmundites. I'm, that's pretty great.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. and he knows that we're only 4% of the yeah. population, yeah. which, by the way, is double our size back uh, 20 <laughs> years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Sir, where are you from? We are from Knoxville, Tennessee, St. Thomas the Apostle Parish Wonderful. in Knoxville. Wonderful, Good to We're have en- you here. We're enjoying our visit today here, and Good. thank you very much for having us uh, on part of your show. Yeah, de- delighted to have you. What can we do for you today? What's your question? Well, I think, uh, thank you, uh, Mr. McEachran, for being here to talk about what sounds like a really challenging situation for poverty, certainly in Selma, Alabama, probably true in many other parts of the country as well but my question i guess is that just a little bit more on the personal side <laughs> how does someone like yourself get involved in this area what is it that drives you to do the work that you do you know sort of what's your background why, sure, why did sure. you come here well,
1: i appreciate that uh... so i was educated by the society of saint edmund at st michael's college in colchester vermont mm-hmm. uh... and that's where my journey really began uh... they were a, a staple and continue to be in the state of vermont mm-hmm. uh... and Uh, just over the years uh, have always stayed in contact and and helped run another one of their ministries, Enders Island in Connecticut, Um, worked in several uh, other uh, dioceses. And uh, one day I got a call from the Superior General asking me if I would be willing to come down and help Father Richard Mahalik, who was the mission director before uh, uh, me. And um, I said, sure, I'll go down. Father Dick was one of my professors in college, so... I said, "Yeah, I'll go down." And um, it was not something I envisioned. I went down there to see if I could help with some of the transition that was going on. The uh, the the mission director, Father Roger, mm-hmm. had been there 26 years and retired. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was there, uh, something started to change inside of me, and uh, I just wanted and. and I kept going back, I take a week and I go back and I was using vacation time and whatnot. And finally, Father Dick said, would you be interested in coming to Selma? And I don't know if I laughed or cried first uh, because I wasn't sure what to do. I knew what I wanted to do, um, but you know, the ways of the world get you caught up. Should I be living in this, this big city, you know, should I be doing this and should I be doing that? And, um, and I, I said, you know, the, Edmundite, the Edmundites really gave me my life, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. They were a family to me, and continue to be a family to me. And um, I said, I owe this to them. Uh, and so I went, and I've, I'm in my fifteenth year mm-hmm. uh, of, of mission of the serve uh, uh, as missions director. And you know, it's interesting. Over those fifteen years, the missions has changed, and you know, we're doing some new innovative things. And one day I remember uh, reading, I've read a book by Pope Benedict and it was um, trying to find serenity and understanding the difference between serenity and peace. And in the book, uh, it was, when you find serenity, you will not be shaken. Peace can be shaken. You can be, you know, your peace can be, you know, be uh, a little disturbed once in a while. But if if you're serene, you will always be centered on Christ. Mm-hmm. And one day I was driving over the bridge, coming back into town, and I had this wave come over me of great serenity mm-hmm. that never, it hasn't left. Yeah. In fact, you know, I became even more joy-filled in my service and wanted to be of greater service, and, I, and it inspired me to do more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, a lot of these initiatives that, that seemed impossible uh, became much more possible. The dream that I had um, and what I thought might work to change some of those things that, mm-hmm. that you and I were talking about, um, I wanted to see that happen. Um, now, my peace has been shaken a few times, but mm-hmm. my serenity has not. And, uh, and I'm, I'm just very, you know, I feel very blessed uh, and Father Casey, when he came down in 1937, was at St. Michael's College. Uh, and so I feel that he and I share a kindred spirit of, of Vermont. Uh, and I, I just feel that, uh, you know, it's it's good to recognize when you're happy mm-hmm. and when you're doing what the Lord is calling you to do. It's not perfect every day, as you know. No. Um, and it's heart, heart-wrenching at times, uh, but it's so worth the commitment when you know somebody just says god bless you
0: mm-hmm. yeah this is uh, an important thing that um, it, it's not only for religious priests brothers and nuns to be involved the importance of laity mm-hmm. in a committed mission is a, a very high priority that was yes. one of the real gifts of the vatican council In highlighting that role of the laity, especially in a lot of the missions outside the church building, outside the actual celebration of the sacraments, it really is proper Mm -hmm. and right that lay people, along with religious, Mm -hmm. are actively involved in leadership, and service is a, it's a very important thing. And, and it's, such a, it's such a great
1: gift. And, you know, we have wonderful benefactors throughout the United States. Mm-hmm. And uh, for as many as I can, I try to write a PS of thanks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I wrote one day to this, this man and I just said, you know, thank you. I'm humbled to serve in your name 365 days a year. And he called me and said, I'm so proud that you're there because I can't be. Mm-hmm. And those are life-giving moments. Right. You know, when somebody comes back and says, I get it, and we're just so thankful that somebody like you and others are there doing this work on our, on our behalf. Mm-hmm. That, is, that is a gift beyond measure. Yeah.
0: And this, is, this really is um, all of us taking different roles that we all have and letting them coordinate together within the whole church, the whole body of Christ Mm -hmm. in order to be able to serve the brothers and sisters that are hungry, naked, sick, in prison and to see them, it's to see them as Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a
1: wonderful gift gift. to be in love. Yeah. And that's the way to be in love, you know
0: absolutely I have another question for our studio artist ma'am where are you from
2: knoxville tennessee so you're
0: part of the knoxville group Go good, balls. Good, good to have
2: you um my question is so it you've alluded to the fact that the missionaries live in selma and i'm wondering is that a permanent residency or is it a rotating residency and how do you fight burnout and fatigue
1: <laughs> well in the after the tornado <laughs> i think my staff and and team members uh, in selma are uh, They are the best in the country, I'll tell you. Uh, And they have not stopped. And I couldn't be more proud of them. Um, Yes, we are permanent staff uh, and we live permanently in Selma. Uh, Like I said, I've been there now for 15 years uh, and everybody who works in the Selma office uh, on our campus there live in Selma uh, Mm -hmm. or not too far away. Uh, And in our other counties sites, they live in those areas as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And so yes, Fifteen years living in downtown Soma Alabama uh, yeah. where i didn't know that that would be my home but <laughs> it has been a joy so yes
0: yeah and this is this but you is, have
1: to know the community yeah if you don't live there you you can't you can't be part of the community if you don't understand the community right and so that you know it wouldn't work it wouldn't work any other way
0: yeah no that's that's a, a, a important element because there's THIS IS ALSO SOMETIMES THE DIFFERENCE BETWEEN A GOVERNMENT SERVICE AND THE FAITH-BASED, THE CHURCH SERVICES, THAT BECAUSE, YOU KNOW, FOLKS IN GOVERNMENT uh, SOMETIMES KNOW THERE ARE OTHER PEOPLE THAT WOULD USE Mm -hmm. THE GOVERNMENT. SO THEY HAVE TO BE CAREFUL. THAT'S WHY THEY Mm -hmm. HAVE ALL THESE FORMS. That's why they make them complicated. <laughs> they want to make sure that they can check on things and all. That, that's, it, it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. But, understand. but that's the difference between people who have this structure they have to fit into right. versus being on the ground and knowing people, loving them and having, the as we say down here in Alabama, Walking around sense. Walking around sense. You have to have walking around sense, so that you know this this guy's going to drink it all, (laughs) but this one is starving. Right, right. And that only comes from knowing people. Yes. This one has a bunch of kids that need clothes, Mm -hmm. and over here they they really need food. Right. You know, people, you
1: know, people and,
0: you know, and it, it's what's really
1: wonderful is celebrating, too. Uh, we have a community Christmas party uh, where over 2,000, 1,500 kids come and over 2,000 people in total. So you've got to have the joy even in a in a moment of uh, of, of this not always great situation, mm-hmm. you know, uh, where life is tough. You know, uh, the kids will say, you know, it's real out there. And when they say that, it's, it's, a, it's a very difficult existence. Yes. Uh, and, you know, that is, uh, it's important that we also celebrate and laugh together and, you know, have picnics and, and do those types of things um, so that, again, we understand each other, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and it, it does make a big, big difference. I was delivering, we deliver about 300 meals through our Meals of Hope program. And I was delivering t- in one of the um, uh, housing uh, complexes, and uh, I had a tap at my window, and this young man, tap, 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 roll down my window, and I feel something at the back of my head. Well, it's a gun. And (laughs) he keeps talking, and I said, Jamari, is that you? He's like, Mr. Chad? I said, get in this car. He's like, I only need $5. I said, you were going to pull out a gun and kill somebody for $5? He goes, but I didn't know it was you.
0: That's nice, friendly. So, you yeah,
1: uh, know, friends, friendly. But I knew his voice. Mm-hmm. I knew his voice, and so I got him in the car and took care of that day. But you know, it's just knowing. You know, can you hear your people's voices? Can you understand it? You know, and and just being able to do that. Now he's you know doing great things. Uh, but that that one moment could have changed his life forever.
0: Not to mention yours. And not to mention mine.
1: <laughs> I, 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 uh, I've never, yeah, I, I won't tell, well, my mom's watching, so sorry, Mom, but um, I know, <laughs> I know. she doesn't like to hear those things, no, but um, no. but no, it is I, an amazing moment.
0: When I worked with street gangs in Chicago and had similar experiences, some things you just don't want to tell your mom
1: yeah you just don't want to tell your mom no. and I what, didn't plan on telling that tonight but now she's gonna see it I'm Uh-oh. sorry mom I love Hope you you're not yeah. in trouble. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll find yeah. out on Friday she's coming to visit so <laughs> he'll be good
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll try <laughs> yeah no it, it's but see, that it does make a difference mm-hmm. and you know I I remember um <laughs> a guy pulled a gun on uh one of the friars of the renewal, oh. uh, you know, yeah. and, and the, the guy is in the friar said, look, I, I don't have any money. Said, oh, father, sorry. I thought it was somebody else, <laughs> was somebody else. <laughs> you know, but, but they knew the folks yes, that exactly, you know, and, and then that becomes, it does become an opportunity like you mm. get in the car. Yeah. Let's, let's. Yeah. Be real in another way. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Know? And and this is where we get to be extended uncles, aunts, dads, yes. moms that yes. they may not have.
1: We exactly. Get
0: in, we get involved and we do some of that basic common sense stuff. And love. Yeah. Exactly. You know, yeah. know that they're loved. And this, this is something that, you know, certainly my experience with the street gangs, it, it, it took that kind of stuff to mm. talk people down <laughs> and all these other things that you do in life. Yeah. Um,
1: and, I, and I appreciate when uh, the lady uh, spoke about a burnout and that is something, you know, that I try to make sure that my staff are, are aware of and we, we're trying to do better because you can work and work and work and work. Uh, And nonstop because there's no lack of work to be done Uh, and, you know, a lot of late nights and, you know, not sleeping so well and things like that. So, you know, folks on my staff are like, are you taking care of yourself? Uh, Even the priest and, you know, the brothers and my board of directors, you know, they're very conscious about that. So it it helps. But you've got to be mindful.
0: You do. You do. Uh, and uh, same thing with parents. Mm-hmm. That sometimes parents just have to have a date night, <laughs> exactly. you know, yeah. and grandma and grandpa, you're, <laughs> the kids love you, <laughs> see <ya. laughs> exactly. you. Know, but it, you, you do things like that mm-hmm. to take care of yourself so you can continue to pace yourself right. and, and do what you do. I want people to know more that uh, about the Edmundite missions, uh, especially here in this mission state of... Uh, Alabama, you go to edmunditemissions.org, or you can also call them at one eight 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 five four zero seven seven two two. And if you want to know bo- more about uh, tornado relief and help in there, it's edmunditemissions.org/tornado relief. We're flat out of time. It's gone right. by quickly. Chad, it's great to have you back. Thank you so much, and uh, thank you for doing what you do. And may the Lord bless all of you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and lead you in all of your ways by his peace. (laughs) Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And we can bring you this mission only because of your support. So please, as Mother Angelica would ask, keep us in between your gas bill, your electric bill, and your cable bill. (laughs) And we'll be able to pay all of our bills, too. God bless you all, and thank you.